0: This is The Business Breakfast with Owanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Very good morning to Craig Earlham who joined us. So um, three tier restrictions and I would imagine a lot of confusion and a lot of anger as well. We'll be talking to small business representatives who are worried about what it's going to cause for them what do you feel about this generally because um once again you know the country was late in its first lockdown wasn't it and late in its and it's in its airport restrictions and so on What what is the general feeling about this i, I would imagine it's the last thing the economy needs but i could be wrong
1: no it's obviously absolutely the last thing that the economy needs it's the last thing that businesses need as well uh, you look at many of these businesses that spent all those months when they were forced to close making themselves uh, as safe as possible uh, making themselves the optimal place for people to meet uh, because of uh, of everything that had been put in place and now being told that they're not quite safe enough and that they didn't need to close again um, it, it's an extremely tough time as far as businesses are concerned but as you say I think I do think there's a general sense of uh, fatigue and uh, I guess you look at the restrictions which are coming into place now, there's a lot of confusion as to what applies to who, what regions people um, fall within. And I think what you're going to see is that the the, the kind of almost lack of clarity uh, that people are going to have means that there is going to be uh, a lot of people not following the rules for their particular area. Uh, the obviously the most the most disruptive thing about the first lockdown was that all of these businesses were forced to shut uh, but at least everyone kind of knew where they stood and what they were and were not allowed to do and i feel like that confusion already is going to cre- create a lot of problems and then like i said the, the complaints from businesses because of the lack of scientific evidence that's been put forward uh, doesn't really help the government's case here so yeah it's it's it, i think the next few months is going to there's going to be a lot more frustration uh, i guess is what i'm trying to say than there was with the first lockdown and- And although it's not necessarily a business
0: matter, but it has a business connotation, so I would expect a lot more questioning of the so-called scientific advice, because science is about evidence, it's not about fact, is it, in lots of ways.
1: Yeah, and when you're saying that you have academic evidence that uh, justifies businesses being closed down, you then naturally businesses' first question is going to be, well, can you show us this evidence so that we can at least dispute it if we think it's incorrect? But when you're not when you're when you're not forthcoming uh, with those requests, businesses are naturally going to be skeptical, especially when you look at the figures. And obviously, these figures are extremely dif- difficult to collate, and they're obviously again uh, going to be up for dispute uh, in terms of how how the how the, the how it's quantified, etc. But when you're looking at some of the official figures and you see how much, um, how much, this, how much of the spread occurs around hospitality, uh, it seems extremely small when you're when you're just trying to justify such extreme uh, measures, and especially when last time people kind of accepted businesses closing because the business support uh, that was put in place was very significant, uh, and and the the furlough uh, scheme was uh, significant and covered a large swathe of people so that people's jobs weren't at risk, and those who weren't forced not to work uh, were seeing their salaries topped up by uh, 80% when you're seeing that this is becoming less generous then it becomes far more significant when you're asking businesses to close the doors again
0: at the same time the chancellor is not slow as he was yesterday to say there's going to be a huge debt to be repaid sooner than rather than later and the fact of it is isn't it that if you want to do that quickly you have to hit the big ones which are national insurance and income tax the name but two. throw in VAT, if you like as well <laughs>
1: absolutely and when you're looking at some of the projections that we're seeing from various lobbies right now what they're saying is even the newest scheme that's been announced while expensive and all of these are expensive and we've talked about this before, this is going to come at a great expense but it's going to come at a great expense to every government around the world uh, and that's just an unfortunate consequence of living through a pandemic uh, but one of the things that they're saying is that the latest job support measures just aren't going to be significant enough so we are still going to see to uh, like 2 million people becoming un- unemployed okay. the, 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 the large number of people using this furlough scheme uh, are not going to be covered by the new job support measures or the new furlough schemes uh, and we are going to see a spike in unemployment to maybe eight, eight and a half percent by early next year. So now, not only are we contesting with an enormous debt load above 100 percent of GDP, but it seems that we're also going to be contesting with continued uh, restrictions and high unemployment and uh, a slow uh, economy and a very slow economic recovery because of the large numbers of unemployment. It's, it's obviously, don't get me wrong, this is not a situation that I, um, I envy uh, as, as far as the government is concerned. I'd hate to be in that position to be making these decisions, but it does seem that they're, that they're, they're putting themselves in a very difficult position right now and they seem to be now open for criticism from all sides.
0: This, you mentioned that this is a, a problem for every uh, economy, every government around the world. So I suppose the question really is at what stage or how long will the international money markets support government debt?
1: I think they'll support them for quite a while, if I'm honest. The, the one thing that this... This market has is uh, it's it's plenty of liquidity. Central banks have never been so active. Uh, the Bank of England obviously has an enormous quantitative easing program. There's more fiscal, there's more monetary stimulus uh, on hand than we've ever seen uh, before in terms of bond buying, and I think that's only going to be ramped up even further uh, to contend with what lies ahead for the next six months. I think before the end of this year, we're going to see an increase in stimulus from the Bank of England, from the ECB, and maybe even the Federal Reserve among others. So uh, I don't think there's any shortage. Of liquidity and when when that is the case and when growth is slow and unemployment is high investors are more than happy to accept um very low levels of interest as we've seen for the last decade so i don't think that's going to change for the next three to five years if i'm perfectly honest so governments do have an opportunity to okay. uh, to do all this borrowing at this moment in time but at some point what, in the future interest rates are going to rise and they have to plan for that as well
0: what did you feel when you heard that the bank of england had uh, quite publicly uh, approached retail banks, commercial banks, and said, what do you feel about negative interest rates? What, What are your systems prepared for that? What was your reaction to that yesterday?
1: I mean I, I, I think I've said this plenty of times before I'm a bit I'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to negative interest rates because even central banks that have experimented with them they haven't really delved too deep into negative territory. Uh, Bank of Japan jumped into negative territory and it still remains at minus 0.1%. It begs the question what difference does that 0.1% make when it comes to actual stimulating the economy versus the risks you're then taking with going into negative interest rates. I'm no expert on negative interest rates but when the Fed reserve the Bank of England and the Bank of Japan for so many years have uh, been extremely reluctant to go negative then there must be a reason behind that and i find it strange that the bank of england's looking at negative interest rates at this point in time because it feels like there is other other ways in which they can find this same stimulus for the economy um with much less risk so i'm not surprised that they spoke to the banks because they have been talking up the prospects of it for a number of months now but i still think we were I'm, i guess i'm hoping we're still a little bit away from that because it feels like they're they're, they're taking a bit of a gamble when they don't need to
0: okay um let's talk more globally about the markets um it, it appears as though um i mean a, again it, this just happened overnight but i mean things change don't they it looks like um joe biden with his huge uh surge in the polls i mean never mind what actually happened, but certainly in the polls is doing actually quite well that's taken it seems to me a bit of volatility out of the markets and the markets are coming around to maybe thinking what it would be like with him in the white house what's your feeling about that
1: so, I mean, I guess the, the people are trying to explain the the kind of the the decent market performance that we've seen recently um, as best they can. When there's so much going on, uh, there isn't a, like right now we have an election in three weeks' time. We've got Congress discussing a massive fiscal stimulus package once again, around two trillion dollars. Um, we 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 have earnings season which is starting today, and this is all against the backdrop of a pandemic uh, as well. So there's so much going on and people are trying to attribute it to uh, various different things. From my perspective, uh, I think the markets aren't necessarily welcoming Joe Biden because we've got to remember Joe Biden does come with higher corporate tax, higher wealth taxes, uh, and and potentially more regulation. So none of these are necessarily market-friendly policies. But what it the widening in the polls does do, and this is very significant as far as I'm concerned, is it re- it reduces the possibility of a messy election and one that's contested in the courts. And I think that's almost what investors fear most. The old kind of cliche is that the markets hate uncertainty and nothing is more uncertain than, uh, than a contested election at this point in time going all the way to the Supreme Court. So I think the widening in the polls maybe reduces the possibility of that. And that's what investors are feeling a little bit more at ease with. Plus, Uh, biden presidency as the democrats take the senate and the house of uh, and the house as well a clean sweep if you will which they are currently favorite to do means that we are likely to see a lot more fiscal stimulus a lot more infrastructure spend and at least for the next couple of years that means a big boost to the economy
0: Finally and briefly, I don't want to act as a billboard for Apple, but they are bringing, they're unveiling apparently their new, their new iPhone today. Um, n- never mind about the commercial aspects of it, but what does it actually tell us about business? Because Apple has always been one of those companies that needed to bring out a new product uh, quite regularly. They've moved away from that slightly, haven't they?
1: There's been less of an upgrade in terms of the different phones that come out year by year, but this is the most significant upgrade we've seen for arguably many many years. This uh, a 5G uh, ultra fast iPhone is it, it is going to be the, the the biggest change that we've seen to uh, one of these products in 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 a long time. And when we look at the share price yesterday, the Nasdaq rose three percent, Apple rose almost six and a half percent. Clearly, there's a lot of excitement heading into this event and uh, and coming just before Christmas, obviously an extremely important time uh, as far as Apple uh, is concerned and when people have spent so many months in lockdown spending a lot more time than usual uh, on their mobile devices, um, it's going to be a really interesting event, it's a, it's a really good opportunity for, to, for, for Apple to showcase why uh, people need uh, a 5G iPhone um, at this time
0: Greg Ellam, thank you very much indeed This is the Business Breakfast with wonder Online trading, currency data Money transfers